Hey everyone, and welcome back to Big Mad True Crime, where we get big mad over true crime. Over the past two weeks, you've gotten to know and fall in love with sweet Sophie, a French au pair in London, and hear the testimony from one of her two employers, Oisam, who tortured and killed her. This week, you hear from the other side, and well, maybe the craziest side of all. The story of Sophie from the mouth of Sabrina. And if you thought this case was nuts, you haven't seen anything yet. Small talk sucks, so let's dive in. So according to Oisam, he says that he and Sabrina were interrogating Sophie in a bathtub of all places, dunking her head underwater, trying to get her to confess to a whole bunch of bullshit about Sabrina's boy band ex and baby daddy Mark while they filmed it. He claims he tried to get Sabrina to stop for the night and walked out of the bathroom and went to sleep like a fucking baby, knowing Sophie was being tortured in the other room. He claims that he woke up to Sabrina freaking out because Sophie wasn't breathing and ran to the bathroom to find her face up, eyes wide open, with water coming out of her mouth and nose. But Sabrina's version of events is much different. She claims it was all Oisam. That he was in a full-blown rage because he believed that Sophie drugged him so that Mark could break into their house and molest him. Yes, so that Sabrina's ex-boyfriend, whom Sophie had never met, could molest Sabrina's current boyfriend. You heard that correctly. After having her head dunked into a saucepan, as Sabrina called it, over and over, Sophie allegedly admitted to it, and we all know at this point that Sophie tried saying anything to get them to stop. But Sabrina said that confessing didn't make it stop at all. Instead, she says this is when Oisam dropped his pants and told Sophie to touch him wherever Mark had molested him. I feel gross even having to retell that. Sabrina says that she tried to get him to stop, but that when she suggested it, he pushed her onto the couch. And yes, this means that the saucepan dunking was happening in the living room and not in the bathroom. After the whole touch me where he touched me thing happened, she alleges that Oisam put his pants back on, got a towel, put it over Sophie's face, and proceeded to waterboard her with it. Waterboarding is a form of torture where it makes you legitimately feel like you're drowning anytime you try to get a breath of air. This is apparently still happening on the living room floor, according to Sabrina. Before, she says, he takes Sophie into the bathroom alone with him and continues to do it in the bathroom. He doesn't fill up the bathtub. She insists that he took a saucepan with him to the bathroom, filled it up with water, and waterboarded her with it, though she says she wasn't in there. As conveniently as humanly possible, this is the point in time where Sabrina says her oldest son woke up. But wait, no. Both of her kids woke up. She can't keep that one straight. She says that she put both of her kids in her bed and they asked her to lay with them until they fell back asleep. And well, she passed right out because she said she hadn't slept in days. Because why the fuck not? 
A few hours later, Sabrina says she woke up to a weesome standing next to Sophie's dead body. I suppose she woke up in the bathroom. And she made sure to let everyone know how much of an impact this scene had on her, telling the courts that it sent her into a panic attack. And literally no one fucking cared. She corroborates the fact that Owesome did try CPR on Sophie, but that would mean that she just so happened to wake up in the bathroom at the exact moment or exactly after Sophie had died. Because no one's doing CPR on someone who's been dead for any significant amount of time. Again, one hell of a coincidence. Sabrina says that Oisum told her that it was an accident and that Sophie was driving him crazy. She claims that she's the one who suggested calling 999, again, 911 for London, but that Oisum said, not yet. Now, she didn't say that he told her not to at all. She says that he told her not yet. Naturally, she started hitting herself to calm down. This is a woman who called the police because Mark had pictures of other women in his phone. She called the police because there was a wooden toy in her bathtub. She called the police because she said Mark was sexually, yes, sexually abusing a cat they didn't actually have. And this is a woman who called the police because Oisum was working too many hours. But her nanny is lying dead on her bathroom floor and she's like, nah, I'll wait. But it wasn't that simple, and it never is with Sabrina. She said that the real reason she didn't call 999 is because she was told if Oisum went to prison that Mark and his friends would hurt their family. Hold on. So Mark, enemy number one, now wants to ensure that Oisum does not go to prison after they murder their nanny, who they believe he was controlling with black magic. Got it. After Sabrina stopped hitting herself, she says that she obeyed Oisum's orders to clean up and change Sophie's clothes. Why they would need to change her clothes is beyond me. Dressing a deceased person is an incredibly difficult task. We've talked about dead weight before, and when you're dealing with someone who no longer has a center of gravity, moving them is extremely difficult. But Sabrina says she did it. Again, for what purpose? Who knows? Oisum allegedly did not help her. Instead, he just sat there with his head in his hands, shaking his head, until he came up with the idea to put her into a suitcase. But not before Sabrina said he made her try it out first to make sure Sophie would fit. Sabrina says she climbed into the suitcase, crying and shaking, and the once distraught and silent Oisum was apparently laughing at her now. Quick change of emotions, but okay. And even though Sabrina was trying on this suitcase for the future disposal of Sophie's body, according to her, there was some weird shit in between. And if you have to say it's weird in this case, it's super fucking weird. Sabrina comes up with this wild-ass story about how Oisum tried to have sex with her while Sophie was lying in their bed next to them, dead. Yes, it sounds like I skipped a part, but I didn't. That's just how ridiculous her version of events is. Sophie has somehow now managed to go from the bathroom floor to their very own bed. Let's pick that apart for a second. 
At one point in time, they both accused her of having sex in their bed, and now they're apparently voluntarily putting her wet, dead body in it. And why would you move a wet, dead body from a bathroom floor and put it into your plush, dry bed? Again, dead weight is heavy. Even though Sophie was extremely emaciated by the time she was killed, it would still be difficult to lift her up into a bed. But... Let's go back to Sabrina's earlier statement when she said she conveniently got pulled away from Oisum's waterboarding because both of her kids woke up and they all fell asleep in her bed. So if we put all of her stories together into one shit show in the middle of a dumpster fire on Bullshit Parkway, she's now saying that she and Oisum had sex in her bed with Sophie's dead body lying right next to them and their two kids on the other side. Yeah, I don't think so. At some point, Sophie's put into the suitcase and the suitcase is put underneath her son's bunk beds and left there until September 20th when they burned her body. Sabrina admits that she put things on top of the suitcase to help ignite the fire and that they did wind up finding some caustic soda on the scene, by the way, but said that she was out of there like swimwear once the fire started, saying that Oisum told her she couldn't leave, but she did anyways. When Oisum told her not to call 999, she listened. But when Oisum told her she couldn't leave the apartment they were burning their nanny in the backyard of, she's out. During Sabrina's testimony, she insists that she's not a violent person and only admits to ever having physically assaulted Sophie on three occasions, which is still three too many. Once in July of 2017, when she says she pushed Sophie after her son complained to a teacher at school that he hadn't eaten breakfast, Sabrina said that she was upset because Sophie lied all the time, but oh no, that's not why she pushed her. She only pushed her because she wanted to go outside and smoke a cigarette. She admits to a second time in August of 2017 when she says she caught Sophie going through some papers or documents in a little library they had set up in their apartment. And I believe this may have actually been where Sophie slept. But nonetheless, she said she pushed Sophie and yanked the papers out of her hand and asked her what she was doing as if any of the documents she had would be worth a shit. She was sure to add that she didn't kick her or anything. She just pushed her. Sabrina also said that when she pushed Sophie, she didn't say a word. She just took it in silence. Her oldest son actually testified to witnessing this event, but testified to seeing his mom kick and punch Sophie and even said that his mom offered to let him hit her too if he wanted to. The same son she admits to hitting with a golf club, but says that it was just a kid's golf club and she only did it because he was hitting his little brother. Other witnesses testified to her also hitting him with a broom and a crutch, both of which Sabrina obviously denied. The third time she admitted to assaulting Sophie was on September 13th, just five days before she was murdered, and this is when she beat Sophie with an electrical cord. She says she beat her because Sophie had gotten drunk, the only time she said Sophie had ever been drunk. Sabrina says that she felt betrayed and that she actually fell down and had a panic attack while she was assaulting Sophie in case you wanted to feel sorry for her. 
Sabrina tried to almost justify it by saying that, again, Sophie didn't even cry. She just took being whipped on her arms and legs in total and complete silence as she told Sabrina that she was so sorry. She completely denied the time she pushed Sophie down on the kitchen floor in front of her friend Nicole, where Nicole had to step in between the two to keep her from kicking Sophie and had to grab the chair out of her hands. In fact, she didn't just deny it, she went on to talk shit about her friend Nicole's ex-boyfriend and let the court know that Nicole used to raid her refrigerator every time she would come over. Ooh, burn. Now, remember the man from the fish and chips place who Sophie told Sabrina was beating her over butter? Sabrina tried to discredit him by saying that Sophie was sleeping with him, that she loved sleeping with old men. She didn't stop there, though. She called Sophie a slut and a whore and said that she hated even being seen out with her in public because she'd slept with half the village and that she, Sabrina, was modest. So modest, in fact, that she said she looked at the ground when she walked. And yes, the court did have a hard time not laughing at her. At one point, Sabrina yelled at them for it. She accused them of all being a part of a huge plot to try and protect Mark. The Mark that never met Sophie, the Mark that was cleared of all insane allegations Sabrina and Elisa accused him of, and the Mark that only met his son twice. Yes, we learned during Sophie's testimony that he had in fact met him two times, but that he wasn't totally sure he was his. He does consider him his son, but he'd had his attorneys try and get a DNA test done time and time again, but it never happened, so we just quit trying. The courts went into more detail about her timeline of crazy and how it all seemed to revolve around men, and it began with her 18th birthday. On that dark and stormy night, Okay, I don't actually know the weather, but nonetheless, on that dark and stormy night, her boyfriend broke up with her, so she drank some cleaner and jumped off a fourth-story balcony, breaking her back, hip, leg, and both hands. She wound up having to get pins put in her back to correct the damage, though, of course, she denies all of this and says that she just happened to fall from the balcony because her mom somehow managed to lock her in her room from outside of the door because Sabrina wanted to go to a party that she wasn't allowed to go to. Her solution, she claims, was falling from the balcony. She conveniently left out the drinking cleaner part. When she lost her virginity to Oesum, he told some of his friends and she got super pissed about it, got insanely drunk, and had to be hospitalized for it. She denies that she lit the curtains on fire when Oisim came home late from work that one night and said that they were just accidentally lit on fire by a candle. She claims Oisim was abusive to her and that he was obsessed with her and she was totally embarrassed of him so she would tell people that he was her brother or cousin, which is ironic seeing as she planned this ceremony to have their relationship religiously blessed and he stood her up and turned his phone off. She claims that he was only with her for sex and money, even though it's evident to the courts that he paid for most of their bills and was the only one who ever worked in their relationship, even though they were both unemployed at the time of Sophie's murder. And no, we're not counting Sabrina's imaginary fashion business. She claims that Oisum pushed her into a door handle one night at his father's house after she didn't hide well enough. She claims that he didn't want his father knowing they were dating, none of which makes sense. 
She says this caused the pins in her back to loosen and that she had to get surgery. She told this story to another ex-boyfriend who believed it. This boyfriend honestly had a little less than nothing nice to say about Sabrina. He said that she was strange and unstable, that she was difficult and constantly yelling, that she loved attention, and was a manipulative liar who sought out the weak to prey on. And Sabrina's medical records do show that she had to get pins removed from her back at one point, but there was no note whatsoever saying that it was due to any kind of assault. Another time she was hospitalized, it's noted that while at the hospital, she drank cleaner again. She also claims that Mark was obsessed with her and was controlling to the point where he wouldn't let her go out with her friends and that when men were around, he'd lose his shit, specifically mentioning that this happened one time when she was in the hospital because this girl was apparently always in the hospital. She claims that after she got pregnant, he pushed her, injuring her neck, arms, and legs, no back this time, and that it caused her to have a miscarriage. So who in the fuck's baby did she have in Virginia? It's no surprise that in May of 2017, she was diagnosed with depression and borderline personality disorder, but Sabrina said that these medical records were either bullshit or poorly translated and that she didn't know where the court was getting this information. And after they finish her timeline of crazy, the courts go into more detail about Sophie's injuries while Sabrina's on the stand. And I'm gonna warn you, it's pretty horrific. Sophie's fractured sternum looked to have happened sometime after the September 13th cable beating and before she was killed on the 18th. So for at least five days, Sophie was intermittently brutalized. The Emmy noted that the injury was consistent with either being stomped on kicked or met with a severe blow. Sophie's right eye socket was bruised. Her jaw and her cheekbone were both fractured. She had broken teeth and a cracked skull. And not just a cracked skull. The top part of her skull was actually missing. Her lungs were also noted as being inflated, which they said could be caused by drowning. And this bitch Sabrina had the audacity to say that Sophie stayed because she loved it there. That Sophie hardly had to work, had a free place to stay, and money to do whatever she wanted with. She said that all of Sophie's meals were cooked for her, even after admitting that she had once assaulted her because her son told a teacher she hadn't eaten breakfast. If Sophie wasn't the one cooking, why was she getting beaten when someone said they didn't eat? Clearly, no one was feeding Sophie. And just when you think it isn't possible, Sabrina one-upped her bullshittery by saying that Sophie wasn't the prisoner. She was. That she was stuck sitting around the house while Sophie was out and about with Mark, who again did not even know Sophie existed. On May 16th, 2018, the jury was finally freed from the misery of having to sit through this case any longer and were sent off for deliberations. And honestly, everyone thought it would be a pretty quick verdict, but it wasn't. The 17th passed, and then the 19th, and then the 20th, 
and then the 22nd with no news and people were starting to freak the fuck out. Like, weren't we all listening to the same shit? Did I miss something? There's no way they're getting off of this, right? And then finally, on May 24th, they reached a verdict. And apparently verdicts are done a little differently in London versus the U.S. The jury voted 10 to 2 in favor of guilty for Oesum, and they all unanimously voted in favor of guilty for Sabrina. The following month, they were both sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 30 years, which frankly doesn't mean life. And I feel like we should stop saying life in prison if it doesn't mean life in prison. But that's another argument for another day. Had anyone stepped up and followed through on their plans to save Sophie, she may still be here today. If she felt like she had somewhere to run and be safe, if she felt like she didn't need her abusers to survive, maybe she would have gotten out of there. People stepped in, people grabbed chairs, people blocked kicks, people brought her food and gave her a few nights of freedom here and there, but no one saved Sophie. If we learn anything from her story, let it be that if you see something, say something, and not just to the person carrying out the abuse. Be a resource to the person being abused and involve the police. While the police were running around chasing down wooden toys and bathtubs and cats that didn't exist, they could have been saving Sophie, but they didn't know. Shout out to The Daily Record, Irish Examiner, The Law Pages, BBC, The Daily Mail, and The Standard UK for covering this story immaculately. For all photos and links pertaining to this case, check out Sophie's highlight at the top of my Instagram profile at the Heather Ashley, and join me there tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern where you go live with me and we talk about the crazy that is this case. I'll be bringing you a brand new case a week from today, and I cannot wait. But until then, we out.